But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. Saint Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You wanna tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a Welcome to TV Soup. Tonight we are discussing episode 5 of Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Yes, it's the TV Soup podcast on the Drink 5 Network. Welcome everyone. Uh, Alpine Shepherd Boy is the name of this particular episode. Are you sure it's called Alpine Shepherd Boy, Dave? What do you think it's called? I'm pretty sure it's called Alpine Shepherd Boy. (laughs) I thought it was called (laughs) Jell-O. We'll get to that. And we have uh, Mike joining us, so thank you very much, Mike, for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Resident Better Call Saul expert. You're just the resident expert tonight. That's the theme. I'll take it. Uh, So it was an excellent episode, uh, I thought. I, you know, we're halfway through the season now. And, um, you know, just to kind of jump into the episode, right? So Chuck's door gets kicked down by cops. And this sort of sparked a heated discussion earlier tonight. Um, But I just am curious what you guys think. Uh, Was that uh, sort of a realistic uh, approach to starting the episode? Uh, It seemed like they just needed a way to get the character tased. Um, I don't know. I sort of had an issue with the realism of that part of the episode. Uh, Did you guys just feel like it was kind of, you know... Uh, par for the course or did you have a problem with it as well so i'll i'll take this first um we did see them kind of approach another side of the house which gave them suspicion um as far as whether or not it was okay for them to go into the house at that point i'm not sure um but i don't know i mean uh that's that's kind of a a tough thing i i generally always defer to uh suspension of disbelief at this kind of moment in the TV show. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that he did something wrong and didn't let them in. So there's a reason for them to come in. What do you think? Mike? Well, I agree with you uh, in the same aspect. I kind of look at it as when I'm watching a TV show, uh, I don't necessarily think too much about, you know, is this super realistic? But uh, no, I, I, I see the probable cause for them to, bust down the door and potentially tase him. So, uh, you know, when it comes to that, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can see it. It's just when I watch TV, I don't I don't think too much about is this realistic? Could this happen in real life? I don't, but I think no matter yeah. what any of us think, I mean, it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty high octane moment in the show. Sure. I may need to get better at suspending my disbelief, um, but I don't know. I, I look at this show and it feels like Vince Gilligan tries to present like an ultra realistic world. And when things like this happen in his world, I mean, maybe my quarrel is more that like, I feel like the, some of the characters in his world who aren't like main characters are a little dumb. Like they make uh, decisions that are, that seem purely plot generated. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about that before. Real, yeah. Actually. We have talked about that before. Yeah. So I don't need to get into it too much, but um, I, I think that just sort of set off my alarm at the beginning of the se- of the uh, episode. Um, but, you know, that was kind of what the way it started, right? Uh, Chuck gets tased, uh, basically, going in the house, and he winds up in the hospital. 
So what's the alarm that went off? Was it like a, was it like a, this is not something that should happen probably? It was uh, more of a red flag. It was like a flag. It was like, look in, look at this. It wasn't like a kind of alarm. (laughs) So not a a tornado alarm. Not something that bothers you while you were trying to work at 10 a.m. in the morning. I heard that this morning. I was outside (laughs) at 10 a.m. and I heard it. Right. But (laughs) but something that uh, is a little more subtle. Right. Right, exactly. Okay. okay. Um, so, uh, you know, Jimmy, uh, we pick up the story after his brother gets uh, presumably arrested. Um, we pick it up, and Jimmy is going on all of his uh, his grand tour of three consultations that he bragged to his brother about earlier in the morning that he had. Uh, so he meets the first guy, and the guy ultimately wants to secede from the union. And he goes to pay him, and he goes to pay him with uh, phony money. I don't even remember the guy's name. Um, but it was like, you know, Wally Bucks or whatever the hell it was. And he was like, I'll give you a half a million retainer right now. Uh, okay, I guess that's a good deal. Um, but it wasn't real money. So what's he move on to? Uh, so he goes next to uh, the guy with the talking toilet. Uh, the talking toilet of gay innuendo, basically. Um so I want to know: Would you guys rather represent the guy who wanted to secede from the United States, or the guy with the talking toilet? You're so big, Chandler. <laughs> Good, Good job, job, Chandler. Um, I I would want to uh, side with the uh, with the man with his own printed dollars, because he probably already has enough frozen meals to subside me for a while. Are you expecting an apocalypse soon? Yes. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. If that's that's sound reasoning if you are expecting that. We don't need to get into why you're expecting that. Anyway, so the, I think the point is that that he goes after um, a lot of things that are given to him. And in this case because he had gone ahead and done the whole thing with the uh, the billboard, everybody was wanting to uh, find out what he was about. And a lot of these people that contacted him were just total waifs and not like they had nothing to do with with what should be done in his career and what, what jobs he should take. They were right. just completely like out of the out of this world, like you should not take these <laughs> Right. So um I think they're leading us to a particular place. Uh, elderly law by showing us <laughs> elderly law now by showing us a lot of places that he wasn't able to take law into consideration because of how much they were uh, only there because he was publicized where did he end up well like Mike said he wound up uh, with an old lady and he was writing up her will essentially and it, it wasn't very simple as like you know, so-and-so gets this and so-and-so gets that. There was a lot of contingencies, a lot of small alpine shepherd boys involved. Um, so, you know, it's an area where he realized, like, Little he got tiny the money alpine right away. Boys. Like, <laughs> I, I think, like, if you connect the greater dots in this episode, you realize that maybe he's going to, like, start preying on the elderly. Because he asked the old lady for money... And, like, right next to her, she had $140 just sitting there. And she just handed it over to him. 
And like he immediately brightened up and he was like, oh, I got money. Sweet. Well, the show tells us that, yes, he was originally trying to find some other more, um, I don't know, reasonable contracts yeah. for uh, what he was able to do. But then uh, he, he started looking at the elderly and it seemed like the only people that were actually paying him real money for real jobs. Right. Were so, the elderly like, ethical for, jobs? I guess. Yeah. Well, that isn't a, that, that right is a now. He's not like suit. bending anything right now. He's actually right. giving the small alpine alpine boy to the niece or whatever that requested it. Right. Know? He's gonna make sure it happens. <laughs> I suppose. Congratulations to Jimmy for having that kind of a memory. Uh, <laughs> not that it matters with that particular client. I'm sure he writes it all down. But uh, I think uh, this is. A little bit of a turning point for him. So he is understanding that that a lot of the people that he would want to go to don't necessarily want him or are crazy. Yeah. And in, in order to get those clients, he's going to have to climb the ladder, as it were. And the ladder apparently begins with elderly clients. Yeah. So one of the things I noticed with the last client that he visited were the shadows in the scene. Like... They tend to have a lot of darker scenes in this show. Like, we've already seen Chuck's house doesn't have any lights. He keeps being at the salon at night. Um, And in this scene with the old lady, like, there's not a whole lot of lights on. It's kind of just, like, late afternoon. And it's a really long scene. Like, they just kind of paint a picture. They put the scene up there, and they just show her slowly coming down the stairs. And wait, no, I'll come over to you. Don't worry. It's just going to take a while. And it's just a really long scene. It's kind of like a, a nice picture, and they paint this nice cinematic frame. Um, and they're using the shadows on Saul's face to sort of illustrate uh, which side he's leaning on, right? Uh, so when he's talking to people, and the left side of his face is illuminated, it sort of means that he's a better guy. It's the better half. It's probably just Jimmy, right? Uh, and then you notice later on when the right side is illuminated, it's more maybe Saul, maybe a little more devious side of him. Um, is that always every time? Uh, I tried like looking at it exactly. And one of the things that I noticed was that even in scenes where it was perfectly lit up, they would shoot him from the side. Or in scenes where he didn't say anything, they were showing his whole face. So... I think at least for this episode, it holds true. I don't know if it holds true for the entire series, but at least for this episode. Um, and that was pretty cool. Uh, I sort of got caught up into it uh, the second time I watched through the show. Um, so I, I don't know if they're trying to point out like a good and evil side of him. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm just making things up. Uh, so uh, we come to Chuck in the hospital. And at the very beginning, it's like just kind of like a white fuzz, right? And it's sort of supposed to be Chuck's perception. And uh, he's having a lot of trouble with all the lights and all the electricity in the room. Jimmy runs around the room, shutting everything off, like uninstalling light bulbs and gets restrained by the security guard. And uh, uh, so the cop, or not the cop, but the doctor comes in and sort of calms on the situation. Uh, Kim is there and... She's sort of a voice of reason, like, no, listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. Um, And they tell the doctor that Chuck is allergic to electricity. Now, we mentioned this before, how 
it's maybe a real thing. It may not be a real thing. And this is the first time in the show that they sort of deal with that. So I uh, I had told everyone here before what the actual term was for that. And uh, Chuck kind of tried to do that himself. And he may have been correct, but the problem is she didn't believe him. So what she tried to do was uh, show everyone that was directly related to the family that he was actually not telling the truth and did a good job of that, right? I think so. So what she did was turn everything off and then while she was talking to them at the very end of the bed, she flipped the switch on. There was an electronic circuit that presumably uh, spanned uh, also the bed. Not just yeah, the end of the bed. you would assume so if it was like an electronic panel on the bed. Yeah, I think it had something to do with uh, weight or presence or something on the bed. Probably like you could set the angle of the bed, move it around and, and stuff. And so uh, and that turned on and he said nothing. So that makes us think that either he knew that or more likely that he has no such disorder and that he's just insane. Um, but that's kind of what I thought from the beginning. So, does this affect Jimmy directly? Um, do you guys believe that this is the case? And then as Jimmy leaves, he... And, and I don't mean to steal any thunder from uh, from you because you've been talking about this the whole time. But what's interesting is, is I believe, and I, I only saw the episode one time, so I didn't watch it over or anything. But I believe that the way that that it happened when he when Jimmy left the uh, the uh, the hospital uh, the hospital room with his brother mm-hmm. that he kind of walked down the hallway and stopped and and someone confronted him and then it became a scene yeah yeah came uh, right up to him and he was talking about how yes he was going to put him in a home and then no. he went down the hallway. And then someone chased him down the hallway. And so then when it appeared the other time... Yeah, that was with Hamlin. It was a different Hamlin. side. And he said, yes, well, I was just joking. Uh, not actually going to put him in a home. Essentially, yeah. That's essentially what he said. And yeah, I mean, like, they, they were doing... So at, to your point... Uh, they were really focusing on that. I think the good, good guy, bad guy kind of thing... They they really tried to drive it home at the end, which I didn't even recognize until you brought that up. Yeah, I, I I've seen that throughout the episode. Now, Mike, without having thought about it before the episode, did you notice that at all? I really haven't noticed anything with the shadowing until you brought it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, to be honest, I mean, I I noticed it back in Breaking Bad. Uh, a lot yeah. of times with the different casting and the different lighting, and uh, so you think they're going to do something similar, probably? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so it, it's something I haven't been tracking too much, but mm-hmm. definitely something I'm going to play. Uh, What's your opinion? Attention to of this show so far, uh, as compared to like the beginning of Breaking Bad. Well, it's similar. You know, the the first episode, I feel like smacks you in the face, and you're like, yes. And then the following couple episodes are, are build-ups, and I, I feel like it's building up to something here. And the next episode or two where it's just going to grab everybody once again. So yeah. a lot of things I've been reading, it's they a need something slow. Big. It's, 
you know, really nothing right. too exciting has happened yet, but personally I feel like that's that's coming soon. And it, I it, think everybody respects the character drama, but it, there needs to be something that happens. Yeah, I think that we're getting past, like, the first act, like, if you think of, like, a three-act uh, story over the entire season... You know, we're getting at the end of the first act for most of these guys, so we're going to start seeing some major conflict really yep. soon. Probably by the end of next episode. He's very fancy. Well, fancy. I just kind of have been looking <laughs> at it that way. The first act. <laughs> Did you say fantasy? Intermission. Then we have to drink. Cheers. Cheers. All right. That one's a little darker, huh? You mean uh, Batman? So what are we drinking right now? We didn't, at the beginning of this episode, do our traditional, what are you drinking? So, Mike, what are you drinking? Good question. <laughs> uh, whatever the last Whatever the bomber. last bomber was. That last bomber is long gone. So what are we drinking? Yeah, what are you guys drinking? <laughs> Honestly, do not have a great idea about what we're drinking. But you can't it's, read uh, the label? It's a... Uh, Basically, it's Cohen's State of Kind. Uh, this is a okay. beer by Fireworks, and Pipeworks. They, Pipeworks. Pipeworks, and a Chicago brewery. They obviously have a penchant for making uh, letters that seem like they should be one letter, another letter. Dave, it's it's just psychedelic writing. Let me translate for oh, you. Jason. I I don't know how that I works. I can speak <laughs> hippie. It's okay. It's so, pipeworks. Don't you have to be happy. Cohen's speak happy? state Look of at that beer. kind, <laughs> a wit beer brewed with chamomile, hibiscus. How do you even know and what they're blueberries. talking about? On that. Blueberries. Alcohol nine point oh percent. Brewed with state of kind to benefit the Dempster Foundation, raising awareness for two hundred and twenty deletion syndrome. Congratulations. That twenty two Q deletion syndrome. See that. We're drinking beer for a good cause. We're drinking beer for a good cause. Mike knows what's going on. And there's about half of that left, and it's all yours. Because you, of course, provided a variety of Pipeworks beers for us tonight. And for that, I thank you, sir. So, for this particular episode, uh, we talked about it being something that may or may not be uh, physical. What do you think, Jason? The electromagnetic hypersensitivity? Right. Mm. (laughs) I do not see, and I'm not saying that it's not at all possible, I just don't know scientifically how it could be a thing, because, you know, your brain operates with electricity, like it sends electrical signals to your muscles, to your nerves, and vice versa, and uh, I don't know how, like, you could all of a sudden, like, be irritated by that sort of thing, like... Your body is just fighting against itself at that point. You know, that would be ridiculous. And, like, I don't know how you could live in the suburbs with that if, you know, that was actually a thing. And I don't even think it's a thing. It's something else. It's got to be. I uh, disagree. I I think it actually is uh, something remarkable that could happen to you physiologically. But I don't think that's what he has. I think he's a very smart guy that, that knows that that's something that he could have. But he doesn't actually have it. Do you think that he's actively faking it? I do think he's actively faking it. Wow. Because he's somehow afraid of something that's happening. Uh, is this is this so like out of sorts it, that it couldn't be the possibility? I, like, you know, to be honest, it, like 
I, when I when I think about it, I don't discount it, but I hadn't thought about it yet. It seems like it has to be the possibility. Like he's actively faking this the whole time. Well, like maybe he noticed that there was something in the doctor's pocket, so he called her out. No, we, on having we, something else. We already learned that he didn't know what was going on. What he didn't know? Oh, very early. It's just ridiculous. I mean, him like sitting there. Well, and, even and a someone, one, time, it, one so, time Jimmy wasn't grounded. Yeah, and, and he's like, "Do you have a cell phone yeah. in your pocket?" It's just. And you would think that getting tased would pretty much kill you. You know, he's when somebody who's up. allergic to something gets an overload of that thing, it can kill them. They've shown us multiple times that they don't even think that's the case. That the that the writer's perspective says no. They've introduced lots of skepticism. Yeah, here, right? based on that, you know, the writer is generally the person that that, that <laughs> raises the greatest skepticism in the show. That's generally the writer's character. Yeah. And uh, in previous shows, I've, I've seen it in many, many shows. Uh, in this particular show, it seems to be just like the uh, the narration itself. It's just like, no. No. Those things that you think did exist don't exist. Or or maybe uh, Slip and Jimmy you're talking about. Let's take you back there and, and just get rid of uh, Jimmy Gill. Okay. Right? No? I, I mean... It could be. I'm not sure. We got to see more of the show, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Apparently, we've got uh, another season. So, uh, is it yeah, ten? Only ten for this uh, first. This season is ten, and I I'm not sure if next season is ten or possibly more. Yeah, it seems like ten is a uh, kind of a short season. Like they weren't sure what was going to happen, and then immediately put them out for another. Tw- 12, right? 12 or 13, I think, is what the other season might be. That's pretty impressive for a show that hadn't even started yet. They saw the pilot, and they were thoroughly impressed. And like we had mentioned before, the pilot wasn't a traditional pilot. It was just the first episode of a longer story. It was basically Bob Odenkirk doing whatever he wanted, and people were like, yes. Yeah, the first few episodes (laughs) were like Bob Odenkirk like all by himself doing all kinds of shit. And it was really good. Yeah. And like he's got more people in in these interacting with now but it's still mostly him except for the few scenes that we get with Mike and we'll get to Mike in a minute. Um so I want to know how did they get to Chuck's house? Did they drive from the hospital? <laughs> because that would just further exacerbate the problem. Did right. they ride bicycles? They suddenly and avoid are there. high power lines? Well, in this show they seem to uh avoid those kinds of uh like really quick uh, plot services. Sure, they don't uh, get into it. Take you right to the next thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, I think it's not necessary for that, honestly, because I don't think Chuck is necessary. Well, I mean, if he's making all of this up, then he's got to be a central part of the end story. Why? I don't know why yet. We haven't seen the end. Because he dies and something burns down. I don't know. So, Mike, do you think that he's crazy? Do you th- think that he's making it up? I think he's crazy. Uh, but I still think there's a reason he's crazy. Uh, something's got to tie into the law <sighs> firm. Uh, there's so many just right. things up there. Yeah, there's uh, got to be something with that. The law firm's going to burn down at yeah. the end of the show. Maybe the law firm is only there to provide uh, Kim for Jimmy and Hamlin for Chuck, but... It uh, seems like a really nice pond 
where where certain <laughs> fish are available to Vince Gilligan, and they just jump right up whenever he puts his hook in. <laughs> That's very convenient. Um, so, you know, it, when they're talking in the house, we get another good example of how the shadows were working, and even like back and forth in the conversation that he has with them, like he talks about some sketchy things. And then he talks about how he's going to use uh, this idea of going into elderly law as a jumping off point. And then he gets a little sketchy again and the shadow almost fades from one side of his face to the other. Um, so now that I've mentioned it, you're all going to be mad at me because you're just going to notice that when you watch the show instead of watching the actual show. <laughs> so I apologize in advance. Um, but maybe one of the most entertaining parts of the show as we mentioned every week, is the montage, right? Uh, so we get a montage pretty much every week, and Breaking Bad was known for having awesome montages, and now Better Call Saul has had a really cool one in almost every episode. This week we got maybe the most unusual one, right? It was elderly people eating Jello. It's and a montage. It's like they threw a freaking dart at a board. With Jello. And just picked it at random, right? It was like manatees picking three balls. We're going to have elderly people in New Mexico eating Jello. Do you, you know that they know that their fans love crazy montages, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So they're basically just filling, like, blocks. It's the greatest kind of pandering because it's pandering directly to me. But... <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you know that. Like, uh, this is one of the only shows on air that do this kind of stuff for their fans, right? And, and they change it up, you know, and and it's it's cool. But we're aware of that. We're not. It's not the only show that we're not eating to their that. Fans. So, so, so we know. I would totally eat some fucking Jimmy McGill Jello. Why not? All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's that. <laughs> uh, so you know they get to the bottom of the cup and it says need a will call McGill and it's a picture of his face um, which is you know a great place for advertising right bottom of a jello cup perfect so um, let's talk about um, just very quickly um, things that are themes in this show that are familiar for themes that have been going on for years and years and and motion pictures like in in uh in television programs but but not so recently sure i mean a lot of the themes and stuff that we've mentioned uh has been going on for a long time but it's presented in almost a plain very straightforward fashion almost like a wink from the uh, you know the creators the writers and the director well, it's different now because because these shows don't do that. These these shows don't don't show those kinds of uh, like really great thematic elements. Well, I think they're making a point to like put it in your face. No, I mean not not shows like uh, like this particular show shows that right. aren't like these shows. Right, right. Yeah. They don't bother with that. So, I just think it's fantastic that they are doing it. That they are bothering with that. Yes. I, yes, I mean, what they do is not subtle. Right. right? I think is what I was getting at. Uh, they just kind of put it in your face and they say, hey, this is a montage and you love montages. I'm, 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 you know I'm you. really enticed to see the next episode where it goes. And, you know, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if 
we don't see anything in the next episode. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, that's episode seven. But uh, that, that's a, that's something that he would that Vince Gilligan would do. Yep. Just totally so, skip the resolution yep. for this cliffhanger until the following episode. You're like, damn it. That's uh, Game of Thrones style too. Exactly. So we'll probably get another uh, cliffhanger next week and more to lead up on. And... Yeah, I think it's going to really pick up in the second half of the season. We're halfway through it now. And uh, it should be an excellent finish. Are you excited for the finish, Dave? Yeah, I, I actually really like this show. And uh, I the one thing I'm concerned about, I've already addressed, um, I think, in our programs previously. Yeah, were you worried that you wouldn't like the show? Yeah, I, I, I kind of still am, just because there's no overwhelming thing mm-hmm. for me to root for or against. It's just Saul. I like Saul. And I like him, but, but I, I like him because I've seen him in a lot of other things. So you gotta understand. Yeah, I think they're playing on that maybe a little too much. It's not the character really. It's more like I like Bob Odenkirk, <sighs> but I think a lot of people that watch the show don't know who he is. So they're learning in this show that he is Saul, or they saw him briefly in uh, Breaking Bad, and they knew him from that. Um, I think the majority of his audience that I'm coming from is not the one that is watching the show probably true but i wish him the best and uh i like the show and i'm going to continue with it as long as it continues excellent well i love the girls and the money and the shame of life thanks for joining us for the uh tv suit podcast uh, we'll be back next week to review the next episode of better girls all and uh, maybe talk about another show uh, that we're going to be reviewing coming up uh, called Game of Thrones, probably. So uh, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, thanks, Mike and Dave. And cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers.